Hey folks, it's Matt Zachary, and welcome to Vax On, a brand new weekly segment of my podcast, Out of Patience, right here on the Offscript Media Network. Hey, I'm Alura Nanos. I'm a lawyer, a journalist, a mom of a teenage narcoleptic, and a professional big mouth. Lou and I go back 30 years as best friends, and we're here to have fun and bring you a layperson's guide to what the hell just happened this week in healthcare as America gets its vax on and shows COVID the door. Matt gets me. He knows I'm tired, annoyed, and sometimes pushed to the brink by the intense chaos of our lives right now. We're here together to learn, complain, and include you in the conversation. So join us on Twitter at VaxOnPod and share your stories and grievances using the hashtag VaxOn. Conspiracy theorists and haters shall be neutralized on site. All right, Matt, let's get at it. Matt, I'm back from my vacation. Elura Nanos, fancy seeing you here. You look all tan and rested. I'm pretty tan and rested, let me tell you. Is COVIDcation a hashtag? Or can we just coin it right now? No, I think vaccation. Vaccation. Yeah, okay. it's all about vaccation. And you know what? I actually, I, I searched vaccation while I was away on Twitter just to see what other vacations people were taking. And it made me happy to see people on their vaccinations. So where'd you go? So I went to Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic, which is a place that I go every year, usually with my friends. This time I went with my family and it was wonderful as it always is. And um, I feel so fortunate to have been able to spend a week on a tropical island. I mean, how cool is that? So last week on the show, Karen and I spoke about how many of these countries are incentivizing American travel. Were you involved with that or you just went already? Well, we had had a, a trip already planned when COVID hit. Oh. So this was like, you know, doing the trip that had been canceled. Oh, okay. So this was on the books a year ago before the pandemic. Exactly. So this was like, we, we actually, we had had our suitcases all packed last year and then we had to unpack them and we we took to calling them the suitcases of sorrow. They just sat there it was staring so, at them the whole time. It was so sad. But so, so it was all the more joyful to be able to go this time. And, you know, I was listening to what you and Karen had said about incentivizing travel, what they're doing in the Dominican Republic, which is um, in, in, in that country, it's almost all all-inclusive resorts. Mm-hmm. So the resorts tend to do the same thing. They all sort of do the same thing. And what they're doing is they're making it not your problem if you get COVID while you're there. It's very interesting. Instead of incentivizing the travel- Wait, if you get it while you're there, not no, having I mean, had it or whatever. Right. So, you know, you have to test negative in order to come back to the country. Mm-hmm. The resorts set up your testing, so that's not your problem. They they handle it all at the resort. It's no trouble at all. And if you test positive for COVID and can't come home, they put you up free of charge for two weeks in the hotel. Wow. They put you up in a different part of the hotel away from, you know, the other people vacationing. You have to stay in your room, but they bring you room for room service. All your food and drink, everything is included. You can stay there and you don't pay any extra what money. What if you have like actual symptoms and need to go to the hospital or something is bad? Do they I, help I assume, you concierge you to medical service? I think they do. Yeah. they ha- No. So the, the resort that I stayed at, and I think most of them are like this, there was a clinic, a medical clinic on the grounds of the resort. So if you needed a doctor or nursing staff, you went directly to the clinic. And then if you needed like, a, you know, hospital care, they would arrange it for you. So from a COVID standpoint, I, I can't really imagine it being much better than that because- Basically, they bear the risk of you having to quarantine while you're there. 
I mean, when you technically agree to pay them to stay, don't you sign any kinds of waivers anyway? Like from a legal perspective, like when you go to Great Adventure, your ticket indemnifies them if you die in the rides. Oh, sure. I mean, and and here's the thing. So generally speaking, I mean, under American law, it would be almost impossible to hold a resort responsible legally for you contracting a communicable disease. You know, unless they've done something that was really somehow irresponsible and they knew that they'd done it and you could prove that you caught it there, which would be nearly impossible. Uh, you would really never be able to sue them anyway. So to me, the fact that they went this far to say, hey, listen, we're going to tell you up front, we will handle the COVID test. We will handle all of the logistics for that. And if you come down with COVID, we will handle putting you up until you recover or, you know, for 14 days. I feel like that was a lot for them to take on. But this is a country that primarily, you know, their entire economy exists on tourism. And I think it was probably smart because likely very few people are testing positive. And that offer is just out there as kind of a PR offer. And, they're, you know, what is it going to really cost them to have a couple of people stay in a room quarantine? Probably not much. So talk me through the logistics here. So you get there. Obviously, you have to be COVID-free to get on the airplane or you don't have to be no, COVID-free. No, there, there was, there's no requirement that you test negative to get on the plane. Really? So No. So you can show up there COVID positive, well, asymptomatic perhaps. Well, so there was uh, thermal monitoring in their airport. Okay. So on the, the departing side, there was, I think there might have been thermal monitoring. I flew out of Philly. They did do temperature checks before I got on the airplane. But it wasn't required. No rapid test to board the flight. No, there was nothing like that to board the flight. My flight was empty, which was really nice for a change. Right. We flew there. We got to the other side. Um, I got to the other side. There was thermal monitoring on their side at customs. You came in, you know, you get to the resort. There was uh, temperature monitoring at the resort. The resort is mostly outdoors. So uh, this factored into our decision to take this trip because I'd been there before and I knew that. 95% of your time is spent outdoors. And even the time indoors are these huge places with very high ceilings and lots and lots of ventilation. Right. So it it seemed like not that risky from a COVID perspective compared to what we would have been doing here anyway. So, but coming home, what's the policy of the United States for returning citizens? So the, the U.S. policy is that you must have a negative COVID test within 72 hours of arriving. Okay. So... The resorts know this, so they set up your COVID test. The day you get there, they give you time to come back to take the COVID test, and then they give you results, and you print them out, and then you show them. We had to show them, I think, at customs on the way out of the departing country. Wait, but no one's asking to see the CDC vaccine card? No, no one asked me to see the vaccine card. Nobody cared about the vaccine. They only cared that you had a negative COVID test. Okay. Now, of course, if you had the vaccine, it makes it much more likely that you'd be negative for COVID. Yes. But no one specifically said, hey, have you been vaccinated? Oh, that makes a difference. Can't help but wonder when that conversation starts to happen almost on like a mandatory level, if at all. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to get into vaccine passports later in the show. Right. At this point, it was really all about having a negative test. And, and I'll tell you, it was sort of comical because really, you know, at the resort I was at, every worker was 100% with the masks. The I compliance mean, was fantastic. Fantastic. You know, the resort staff, they know that they're going to get fired if they don't have a mask on. Mm-hmm. They kept distance. There was no reason not to keep distance. We really weren't even within 10 feet of anyone else at the resort. So that really wasn't an issue. The resort guests, I would say, were about 50-50 wearing masks. But I'm talking primarily about being outdoors. Indoors, 
yeah, maybe it was 75%, but people were not really anywhere near each other indoors. But the one time that people were unmasked, the guests, was waiting for our COVID tests. <laughs> All of a sudden, it was a shit show that it was I'll like- I'll take irony for 800, Alex. Oh, Matt, it was, it was since COVID started, this was the most frightened I was of getting COVID since the pandemic started. There had to be 100 people waiting in a hotel corridor, waiting to take the COVID test. And then they ushered you in like each family at a time where you had to then sit in a hotel room that had been turned into like a little mini clinic. Oh boy. And then like, it was like, you didn't know what was happening. Nobody spoke English. And I don't know, I'm sitting there and like, I think they're going to do a test. And I think this person is a medical professional, but I don't really know. Mm -hmm. And so it was like a weird, it was a weird situation, but they did it. They got the test and, um, you know, we got the results and it was no problem. But I mean, that part was a little stressful for me. That's bizarre of all the things that go on there. That's the moment that it got weird. You know, it was. But at the same time, if you think about it, so the hotels are running at something like a 30% capacity. Their staff is a skeleton staff. They really had it down in terms of keeping their hotel safe and doing their regular resort services right. in, a, in a COVID safe way. But like, these are not people that are normally running a medical clinic. Right. You know, so it, the logistics of that are so different than anything they have ever dealt with before that, you know, it was a little stressful. It was a little weird, but ultimately we got it done and it was okay. So I kind of can't really fault them because it's as if they had to take on this massive responsibility all at once with no warning and no practice you know, so it's kind of like, how much can you really ask? So the moral of the story is you had a great time. You felt safe the whole time. Your family felt not at risk the whole time. Yeah. Despite the fact that you and your husband are both vaccinated. Yeah. And my son. Yeah. All vaccinated. But I mean, I we felt primarily safe. You know, I was a little nervous for my daughter because she's too young to be vaccinated. And I was only nervous just because I'm always nervous, not because <laughs> of anything anybody did. Just the default. Exactly. Setting. Like, right, right. That's just my mom default setting. Um, but I was I was happy with how everything went. And my planning was, I think, well done because it was true. We really spent most of our time outside. So it was fine. And, you know, then we got our negative tests. We came back. Everything was great. You know, I'm really glad we went because the, the mental part of being on vacation was really, really important. How refreshing. It was. I will say this, though. Having been international, it's difficult not to notice that it's the Americans that complain about the masks. No one else complains. No one else is complaining about masks. Everyone else is just doing it. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Cue the second segment. Matt, have you seen this fuckery with the vaccine production? Human error at the Johnson & Johnson Vaccine Contamination Clinic. <laughs> I just named it. I named the building. This is like, you know, all of the press about the vaccine production. It's like the vaccine companies have been the big heroes lately, right? And you had to know that the other shit was going to drop. And thankfully, it wasn't too bad. But... This company that's producing the vaccines, I didn't even know this, that the pharmaceutical companies 
are not the ones producing the vaccine? No, it's like a salad. The tomatoes are there and the onions are there. The cilantro's over there. I had no idea. Can we have more cilantro? I now? hate cilantro. I love cilantro. Fine. We'll agree to disagree. I, I will not. Cilantro is fantastic. And okay. don't tell me how it tastes like soap. But yeah, so this this really the people who messed up are this com- this company, Emergent Biosolutions, right? Who names these places? Oh my God, what a not ruling off the tongue kind of name. So here's what I don't understand, right? So this company, which is in the U.S., in I think Maryland, it's producing both Johnson and Johnson vaccines and AstraZeneca vaccines. It's producing the the tomatoes of each company's salad vaccine, right? Right, well, exactly. Let's metaphor this, right? Exactly. It's producing the tomatoes for two different vaccines. Only only one of those vaccines is actually being distributed in the U.S., only Johnson & Johnson. AstraZeneca is only being distributed in the U.K. And then somehow they fucked it up and they took one of the ingredients and they they put the AstraZeneca one in the Johnson & Johnson and the Johnson & Johnson one in the AstraZeneca one. And it got all mixed up. Oops. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look, no one actually got these vaccines. It didn't right, go into anyone's arm. Good point to make. This has not impacted any arms. No, has not impacted. And even uh, my understanding, you know, uh, basic as it may be, is that even if the vaccine had gone into someone's arm, it would still have been fine. It wouldn't have like hurt anybody or killed anybody. It might not have been as effective, Um, but it's basically like they're both using the same kind of tomatoes. So it didn't matter that much. It was vine picked. Right. Versus the grape ones. Yes. Grape tomatoes. I love grape tomatoes. (laughs) So where were we? Wait, better than cilantro? Oh, that is a toss up. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) We're, we're, we're veering off topic. I'm going to think back to the salad. So this happens, right? They, they realize it. And it was in, what was the number? The number was like astounding. 15 million doses. Like, holy shit, that is a lot of doses. I mean, my reaction to that is they're doing this at massive volume and massive scale on purpose. If this wasn't a global pandemic, that number would have been a tenth or right. a hundredth of that. Right. The, the fuck up happens. 15 million doses have to get thrown away. The Biden administration, who is the customer for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, comes in and is like, all right, you guys fucked it all up. So now AstraZeneca, you're out. Johnson & Johnson, you're now in charge of this plant. So the company, Biotech, whatever they are, Biosolutions, they're now not in charge of their own company. Wait, so AstraZeneca gets a... <laughs> AstraZeneca gets a big wah-wah. So does Emergent Biosolutions. Let's do another one for Emergent. <laughs> Emergent Biosolutions gets a... You like how the government does that? They're just like, you guys fucked up. Now you don't even run your own company. Now we run your own company. <laughs> but although they didn't come in, they instead of the federal government running it, they're like, Johnson & Johnson, you get to run it. Which I feel like this is messed up for, for AstraZeneca because it wasn't their fault. No. So someone put their peanut butter in the chocolate. Yes, and they the put the chocolate in the peanut butter. butter. And now right. they're like, no, no. <laughs> No. Buy Reese's, Hershey's in charge. You don't get any, right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And they're like, too bad for you. And AstraZeneca must be like, hey, we're in the middle of producing the yeah. freaking vaccines. And the real losers are the people in the UK because we don't care in America what happens to AstraZeneca because we're not even taking that vaccine. It's interesting business decisions. And you got to wonder where, like Seinfeld was like, who are these people? <laughs> they make these decisions. <laughs> exactly. But also... Who made the decision in the first place that we're going to produce two different vaccines at this plant? How does that make any fucking sense? Yeah, I know. Why wouldn't you just be like, you're a production company. Do me a favor. Make as many Johnson & Johnson as you can. 
next vaccine company. Well, you know, there's a baloney company that distributes both the Blimpy and Subway. <laughs> there is. I know I made that up, no. but I figure it has to be true. Like, I mean, yes, but it's probably the same baloney. You wouldn't take a baloney company and be like, do me a favor. Make this baloney for, for Subway make and make a slightly different baloney for Blimpy. Only it's going to look the same and also make 15 million sandwiches. <laughs> like, of course something was going to go wrong. Right. I looked up to see did uh, did AstraZeneca's stock like plummet from this because they're the ones that got like shoved out. And even though they're not the ones that made the mistake, I wonder like how it affected them. Their stock went down a little, but not a ton. So I wonder, like, maybe, I mean, maybe the market knows how this all works. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really understand how any of this fits together. It just seems like $15 million is a pretty big fuck up. I mean, that's a lot of people. And that was for U.S. distribution intended, right? Well, the Johnson & Johnson one. Right. But also I want to so know now. So poor Europe. Right. Poor, like, wah, wah, UK. Like, <laughs> so sorry. It's on back order now. Right. But also I want to know, like, all right, so the Biden administration decided that Johnson & Johnson is in charge, right? But, like, it's not a Johnson & Johnson plant. It's a biosolutions plant. It's a third-party company. So so who? Like, did who's from Johnson Johnson now has to go live in Maryland and go run this company? It's like, hey, yo, I'm in charge now. <laughs> yeah, like, yo, Pete, you're out. Who's paying them? Like, who's they, Pete? <laughs> right, and like, I'm picturing like the Johnson and Johnson guy showing up, being like, all right, like, so what's your name? Like, <laughs> you know, if I was Johnson and Johnson showing up at this plant in charge, like, yeah, kill that AstraZeneca stuff. Yeah, I mean, just I, I'm, I'm confused about how it all fits together. And I'm sure someone knows better than I do, but it just sounds like a pretty big problem. Uh, you know, could have been bigger. Certainly, people could have like been hurt by it, which they weren't. I mean, yes, dodged the bullet per se. Did not I leave guess. the factory. Did not go to anyone. And I love the the theory that if it had gone to people, it would have been not horrible. I mean, that's good to know. Yeah. Okay. So when it happens next time, I also want to know: Is 15 million doses? Like, how many days worth of work is that? Is that like a couple of hours? Is that like two weeks? I mean, we're giving 4 million vaccinations a day as of this recording here in the U.S. on a good day, 4 million. But that's million. giving. I don't know how long it takes to, like, how long does it take to produce a vaccine? Next week, we're going to dig deep into the supply chain economics, <laughs> said no one ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm fascinated by it. Okay. Um, can we talk about something else that's really annoying me? Wait. Everything? Everything. 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 What specifically is specifically Annoying you specifically. Florida. The whole state. <laughs> the whole state. No, not really the whole state. But wait, before I talk about what I am mad about, I'll talk about the nice thing. Start high. I'm going to start high and bring it low. So we've talked about vaccine passports, which is. Just before, like just, four minutes ago. Like four minutes ago, we're like, this is a great idea. And like, you're going to show it. And you were just telling me about how for traveling that Clear has its own vaccine passport. Yeah, yeah, not a sponsor, but Clear is a travel security company adjacent to TSA Pre, where it's a member subscription and they take your fingerprints and they do background checks and you can bypass TSA, which is interesting because you do TSA to bypass the regular line. So right. it's a double bypass. Bypass the TSA. <laughs> Non-cardiovascular double bypass to get through security through clear. You show up. If there's a clear at your airport, you put your fingerprints down, they scan your face, you scan your boarding pass, and you're in because you've been pre-cleared to go. I love and it. I was reading the other day that Clear is looking to add your fully vaccinated CDC card to your profile to verify under their own ways of proving this that you are legally vaccinated with this particular 
vaccination and are cleared to travel without having to get swabbed or swiped or stuck or whatever at the airport. I think that's great. And and New York and Hawaii are both developing their own vaccine passport systems. New York State has one on its website available. So, you know, like a private company developed it. New York State is distributing it, I guess. They're communicating about it on their website. Wait, but it only works in New York State to do what? Well, it's not that it only works. It works anywhere. But but the only people asking for it right now are places in New York. So there's like a sports arenas and stuff oh, okay. at, in New York State. And and they're, they're just in the process of like trying it out. So essentially, you can go download it. Anyone can download it if they want to. It's free. So like if you're going to City Field, because the Major League Baseball is back, they're right. opening stadiums up, you get to show your New York State I've been vaccinated passport app right. at, at City Field. Right. I, and I don't know if City Field is one of them. I forget what, what the place are, but it's like it's arenas only, or something. I'm not a sports guy. Okay. I just know that that's where sports Something happen. about sports ball and like <laughs> you're going to go to a sports ball event and they're going like, to yeah. look at the thing and say like, hey, welcome in. And then I know some some sports teams are going to have uh, vaccinated only sections where I assume people can sit closer together, which that. is great. Yeah. yeah, I love it too. And it, and basically what it's saying is New York State is communicating to its citizens like, hey, this app exists. If you want to download it, go ahead and download it. It uh, You put in your personal information and then it, I think, cross-checks your personal information with the vaccine data from the vaccine site so that it confirms that, yes, you were in fact vaccinated and now you can show um, both your vaccination status and I believe you can also show a negative COVID test, like a recent negative COVID test. So, which is great because, you know, when I traveled, I had to show like a paper copy of my negative COVID test. It would probably be much more convenient to just have it on my app and that it wasn't my responsibility to like print it and remember it and bring it where, you know, this is like an official way of showing it. Um, Really what it is, is just the convenience of showing just like in the same way that, you know, Geico now has that you can put your your auto insurance, you can have your paper card in your glove compartment or you or can just app. hit the app. Right? Right. It's, it's really the same concept. It's just a way of showing what you're, you already have. And different vendors or uh, venues or merchants or whoever are going to decide if they want to require proof of vaccination, this is a way that you can comply with that request. If, on the other hand, maybe they're not going to require it, but they're going to say, preferential seating for someone with great this is you know so different merchants and venues are going to do different things with this information so the free market at work exactly and the bad news after the break so we promised you listeners we'd start high and go low so let's start back with florida so we're talking about this great idea, right? New York and Hawaii, they're coming free up. Market free market at work. Free market at work and Florida hates Capitalism. it. Capitalism. Wait, wait, Florida hated it. Florida hates it. Because Florida? Because Ron fucking DeSantis is coming up with ways to rile up people with misinformation. And it's really bothering me. So I, I want to break this down, right? Private businesses can require whatever the fuck they want. No shirt, no shoes, no service. Exactly. The only limitations, and I realize that for non-lawyers, this can be a little bit confusing because you might say, oh, but wait, you can't throw somebody out because they're black. You can't throw somebody out because they're pregnant. So there are laws, state laws, that prohibit discrimination based on certain factors. Generally, uh, gender, sexual orientation, race, religion. You're not allowed to throw someone out for those reasons because we've legislated. Let them buy your shit. Right. But 
vaccination status, health status, employment, political values, whatever, those are not protected classes. There are no laws that say you cannot discriminate based on those reasons. Private businesses have the freedom to do business with who they want, how they want, when they want. If they want to require a dress code, if they want to, want to require a vaccination status, they are, it's perfectly legal for them to do that. There's no question at all about that. In fact, if the government wanted to require that proof of vaccination, the government could very likely do that. Um, legal experts have weighed in saying that would be perfectly legal. Um, but it would, despite the fact that it would very likely be legal, it would be a rather intrusive thing for the federal government to do. And the federal government has not said they're going to do that. There's no indication that the government's going to do that. It would be very unlikely that the Wait, government so would do that. Wait, so is Governor DeSantis claiming that this is illegal or something? Yes. He's saying vaccination passports are illegal, which they are obviously not. And he's even going a step farther. He is trying to get legislation going that will block a private business from using a vaccination passport. In other words, he's trying to say, if you run a restaurant and you want to say you must show proof of vaccination in order to eat here, he wants to say that the business is not allowed to do that, that they must serve people regardless of their vaccination status. So everything's free market capitalism, but not that kind of free market capitalism. Right. Okay. I mean, truthfully, from my point of view... This issue, you know, people feel very differently about vaccines and health issues and health privacy and whether they should show stuff. And I get all that. This is the perfect example of the free market being able to just take care of it because some businesses will have very strict uh, policies on vaccination and others won't because people have different opinions about and it. And that consumers can make their own decisions. Absolutely. And I see nothing wrong with that because if we're talking about, for example, a restaurant, right, like maybe... I'm someone who wants to eat at a restaurant where every I know everyone's vaccinated, but someone else might feel differently and they might say, no, you know what? My privacy is more important to me. Great. Let them eat at the other restaurant. There's enough restaurants for everybody. But this is the same as the mask mandate stuff we talked about many, many months ago, right? Any private business can mandate you have to wear a mask inside right. the business. Right. It doesn't infringe upon your freedom because it's a private business, not a covered First Amendment right. Right. That's exactly right. And and yet we still see all these videos that go viral every week with some idiot getting arrested in Staples because, you know, she refused to wear a mask and cannot understand why she's being arrested for trespassing. And she's yelling about how this is my freedom and you're taking away my freedom. And it's like, hey, sorry, honey, Staples didn't give you the freedom in the first place. Right. OK, so like get back to me when Staples is, you know, the Washington Monument for right now staples is a private business get over it staples not a sponsor <laughs> <laughs> we need to stop saying not a sponsor and hope maybe one day they will be sponsors dear staples we know you're listening staples please sponsor i love staples oh my goodness <laughs> all right so wrapping up what do we got next we're going to end on some helpful information today because you know i read this article and i really loved it um, it was in the new york times and it's called how to nudge people to get tested We've, not vaccinated. Not tested. vaccinated. We, we've been talking so much about vaccinations now that we're sort of moving to the, the, the vaccination part of the pandemic that many of us, myself included, have sort of forgotten about testing. Now, let's remember, as people return to the workplace and return to entertainment activities, um, there are going to be 
situations where an employer, for example, is asking for voluntarily regular mass COVID testing, right? Because, of course, you know, there are still possibilities that people could carry COVID and who knows who got vaccinated and who didn't. So and what's really important is whether people have COVID and have a valid test, right? But many, many people are hesitant to get tested. Um, I mean, first of all, it's a pain in the ass. Second of all, it's just kind of like another thing you have to do. But there's also this psychological factor of people sort of wanting to ostrich out on it and just say, I'd rather have I'd rather have a no news is good news type of attitude about it. That feels like anything. Like, why do I go to the doctor? It'll be bad news and I'll have something to worry about. That's exactly right. And and this article, it was so interesting. It said, you know, there has been so much research about essentially inertia that people are so much more likely to do something when they'd have to opt out versus having to opt in. Right. So, and it doesn't even matter if it's medical or not, like whether it's, you know, getting a, a negative test, whether it's enrolling in a 401k plan Whatever it is, people tend to do it if they'd have to opt out to not do it. Right. But if you're asking if the default is that they're not doing it and you'd have to opt in, less people do it. Is it legal? I, I think I know the answer to this, but lawyer hat, mm. for any private business with employees to mandate COVID checks? For the most part, generally speaking, it's going to be legal for an employer to require a negative test. But I think that many employers will not require it. I think- a lot of employers will just make it voluntary to test. So then the question is, we know that the more people who test and the more frequently they test, the better it will be for everybody because then we'll know who has COVID and who should quarantine. We'll get accurate statistics. We'll know, you know, what measures are working and not working. So all of that is important, but it requires that people actually go for the testing. And right. how do you get them to do that? And the article had really some some helpful things that we all need to keep in mind. So this is like persuasion. Yes, it is like persuasion, how to nudge people to do it. And so if you work in a workplace or in some kind of group, you know, community environment where people could get tested, it's really important to get tested yourself and then to kind of use peer pressure as your friend. Because we see with voting and with recycling and with other kind of community standards, people are very responsive to peer pressure in that kind of positive way, like do the responsible thing. And, um, you know, most people want to be responsible, want to take except care of their people. Florida. Except for Florida. Except for freaking Florida. I mean, I don't know about Florida at large, except for freaking DeSantis. Right. But, you know, if if testing is made easy and it's made accessible and you're... you're and it's still free. It's still free and, and community and, you're, you know, your community leaders encourage it and your peers encourage it. That's very important. There's also some evidence that incentives really are helpful. And this was interesting. Small incentives like everybody gets a $5 gift card have been found to be less useful than incentives like you get entered into a raffle where you could win 100 bucks. Really? Yeah, I thought that was interesting. But for an employer, that's an important thing to know, right? Like, so you might do better if you tell your employees one of you will get an extra day off as opposed to all of you will get an extra hour. You know, as you say that, my wife's employer did the exact same thing with all the staff at United Cerebral Palsy. Oh, really? They, if you could show proof of vaccination, you submitted your name, and it was a raffle to win 500 bucks. I, I, bet, it, I bet it impacted it people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, as an employer, I think it's important to know that. One of the things that the article brought up that I thought was important was also to not forget to support people who test positive for COVID. 
you know, if someone does test positive, it's important to to give them good, you know, get, make sure they have adequate time off. Make sure that they have access to the medical care that they need. Make sure that if they need to quarantine from their family, maybe the employer pays for a hotel or something so that it's not like a total nightmare if they test positive because I think that will make it, you know, kind of it'll kind of grease the wheels to they get it going. They can take cues from the DR's resorts. Exactly. <laughs> they really could. They really could. Way to bring it home, Matt. I love it. Bring it home. <laughs> All righty. That concludes our broadcast day here on the Vax On segment of the Out of Patients podcast. Elura Nanos, not going on vacation anytime soon, but looking very rested still. Yes, very, very rested. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye, Matt. That's all for today, folks. If you like today's show, the conversation continues on Twitter at VaxOnPod. That's V-A-X-O-N pod. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your friends to listen. Vaxon is a product of Offscript Media. Our executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Alora Nanos. Our senior producers are Brianna Seeley and Andrew McDowell. It is mixed and edited by Brianna Seeley. Our theme music is by Chair Model. For advertising and media inquiries, email media at offscript.com. Hit us up at contact at offscript.com to share comments, feedback, and make recommendations. For more information, visit offscript.com. <laughs>